Well, it's a great pleasure to welcome to What's Next, uh, Tesh Durvasala, who is the CEO of Africa Data Centers. He joins us uh, from the USA. Uh, Tesh, really good to see you. Um, how's the USA? How are you doing? Uh, we are doing great here at ADC. I am personally doing great. And uh, USA is uh, enjoying, uh, well, the Northeast of the USA is starting to enjoy their uh, spring coming into summertime. So we're very excited. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you for making time uh, to chat to us today. Um, you know, we, we, we've chatted before to Africa Data Centers, and it's incredible what's happening on the African continent when it comes to data centers, this massive explosion and this connectivity. And I always have to remind people, you know, whenever I'm doing a talk or I'm at a conference that, you know, only half of this continent, it could be less, but that number is slightly changing. But only 50% of people living on the continent have access to the Internet. It's just an extraordinary yeah. number to think about when you understand that we're in 2023. But Africa data centers have uh, established themselves as a leader in this industry. You, you've got this incredible rollout. Could you unpack the journey for us and, and where sure. you've come from and where you are and where you're going? And uh, how did you yeah. get to this particular point? Because it's a fantastic story. Well, thank you, Aki, and uh, thanks for having me this morning. Um, so one more statistic that I would add to your stat or your data point is that uh, Africa will accounts for roughly 17 to 19 percent of the world's population, but only does one percent of the digital commerce or the Internet traffic. And so when you think about those two numbers together, 50 percent are still unconnected. And even with the 50 percent, we're only one percent of the global uh, uh, traffic, then suddenly you realize what the opportunity on the continent of Africa is all about. And so that's what uh, ADC is focused on, is uh, focusing on that opportunity. Uh, about three years ago, we've started uh, building data centers and acquiring data centers across the continent. We currently operate in three, uh, uh, four st uh, strong markets. We operate in South Africa, Kenya, Nigeria, and we have a marketing relationship in Togo. And where we're heading next is we made an announcement to try to get to 10 countries over the next five years. Um, you might recently have seen our announcement in Ghana. Uh, we've also purchased land in Rwanda. Uh, we purchased more land in uh, Kenya to expand our facility there. And we had a lovely groundbreaking with the U.S. ambassador Ambassador uh, Meg Whitman. Um, and we're continuing to look at North Africa, uh, other parts of East Africa, and, uh, and we're going to continue to expand. So right now we're in the midst of that expansion. Uh, like I said, we just announced uh, two, more, uh, two more new markets. And um, over the next three to five years, I hope to be able to say that Africa Data Center is the largest Pan-African data center provider um, on the continent. And uh, I think it'll be spanning somewhere, like I said, 9, 10, 11 countries by then. That's extraordinary. And, you know, I've been, I've been watching this momentum over the last few years. And you've just talk, spoken about it. As you said, you mentioned Kenya, you're expanding in Kenya. And I think that once that momentum is going, uh, you know, it, it's extraordinary the speed that it's going to create. And 
and the opportunities. And that's an astonishing stat that you gave us earlier as well. It's uh, it's fantastic, and you just realize how, how how this population of this continent uh, is going to grow. I mean, when you look at the population, is 1.4 billion people at the moment, the youngest in the world. And even if you look at those projections and those mega cities, you know, we need to have this connectivity. We need these data centers. But I guess right. to get to that point, there are challenges. And I mean, we're really in South Africa. It's a, it's a relatively built up area. Um, and yet we face our energy challenges. And when you're building data centers, energy is the most critical part. I mentioned energy is a big uh, challenge for you, but what, what are the biggest challenges for a data center provider operating in Africa in particular? Well, I think you, you touched on one of the key elements. There's probably three or four key elements. First, you need a piece of land that's suitable for the construction. Second is what you talked about, the power. And third is you need uh, robust connectivity. Um, and, and you need a jurisdiction that wants it, right? We need uh, people that want it. We need commerce. We need uh, other digital infrastructure in place, uh, telecommunications, wireless. Um, we need towers. All of these things help contribute to a, a strong, robust economy. But the challenges around power are very real. Um, they are so difficult right now in some markets um, that we spend, you know, just a majority of our time trying to sort through that. And it's not a it's not a simple challenge because obviously uh, South Africa is dealing with uh, load shedding and. Um, there are people will ask the question, you know, who who should be getting the power, right? Um, and who should be, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, not have load shedding take care, uh, you know, in their areas. Um, mm. In the end, you know, the politicians will make those decisions and uh, and will 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 live by what they decide. But what we believe is that you have to have the infrastructure in place right now. Right, you have to take advantage of this massive growth. Um, you know, there's varying statistics on this, but the average search, you know, takes whatever uh, half a kilowatt of power. You know, some some megabit of of transit and uh, and uh, computing power. The average AI search is you know five to ten x bigger than that. And if it's five or ten x bigger than the current capacity, uh, than than the current uh, statistics, that means you need more power, more data centers, and and more connectivity. So I think the digital infrastructure business is going to be um, around for a long time. I think Africa is a continent where we can all take advantage of. Uh, there is uh, this aspect of the. You know, you touched on it in your statistic, 1.4 billion people. And you said young people. Well, um, I, I think you've heard me use this uh, comment on your uh, or this phrase on your show before. I call it the restless youth of Africa. This is that 350 to 400 million people between the ages of 18 and 35. They're young, they're educated, and they want to uh, do things differently. Than their parents and grandparents and 
that is what we're setting up this infrastructure for. So whether it be e-commerce, uh, electronic payments, uh, entertainment, streaming, healthcare, uh, where government services, th these are all going to be digitized. These are all going to be part of the digital economy. And these are the, th these are the types of items that Africans want, um, want to have access to. No doubt. And of course, uh, you know, the, the, the economic value that uh, connectivity unlocks is, is, is just massive as well. It's, 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 you know, it, it runs concurrently with the growth of a, of a, of a country's economy. There's no doubt about it. You can see what that's, uh, you know, what data centers or connectivity has done all over the world. When you look at, uh, African data center and, and you look at your organization, how do you, how does how do you compare globally? Um, um, are there areas where we still lag behind, for example? And I know that you're in the US and you touch on different markets. And I know that your you know your 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 roots are Indian as well. And and it's I'd be interested to know where where we compare globally. And and for example, a, a country like India, which has got such a massive population, and getting those kind of people connected, are, are there any stats that you can? Talk to us about and where we lag behind. Sure. So from a macro level, I think you're absolutely correct. History has proven that as technology has advanced over the last 25 to 30 years, uh, there's been a direct correlation to GDP growth, literacy rates moving up, uh, global wealth creation. Um, if you look at just the five major North American uh, hyperscale companies, so Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Meta, uh, and you look at the trend over the last 25 years, that trend has gone up and to the right, so has the GDP. And the countries that have adopted those uh, technologies and started using uh, all, of this, uh, all of this infrastructure have also seen that growth. When you think about, think about it globally, I've I've had uh, the great benefit and blessing to have been able to work in multiple countries, uh, built data centers on four continents. So India, uh, specifically to your question, has very similar demographics to Africa in that uh, just recently projected to take over China as the most populous country. Mm. Um, and you have uh, the same uh, ability to have a very growing and large young population. Um, I don't know the exact stat, but my guess is if you just look at kind of a demographic curves, my guess is it, it's probably in that same 350 to 450 million uh, category. Um, the advantage India's had is it's already been part of the Western culture, Western technology cultures, IT stack. Um, for over 40 years, India has been part of whether it be the original old call centers, um, mm. the old uh, uh, switching uh, telephone uh, uh, call center type uh, applications. And now recently, there's not a company in the West that doesn't have an Indian developer or software developer, or a company that has an Indian so uh, software development house. That's or, or CEO. I mean, look at the CEOs. Are extraordinary. Uh, or working in their uh, working in their organization, or touching part of their 
application. So the, the advantage India does have over, uh, you know, parts of the other parts of the world of Asia or in, or in Africa is that they're, uh, that they've already been part of the IT stack um, within, the, uh, within the West's um, technology infrastructure. But I wouldn't be discouraged by that, okay? Um, and, and the reason is, is capital is flowing, money is flowing quickly into Africa, all right? Uh, you just saw uh, the White House make a, an, a, a, uh, an announcement about you know, supporting Africa. It was both Ghana and Angola was represented in that press release. So there's a great amount of interest in helping the African continent move up. Technology is advancing fast. So what took, you know, 15 years, 20 years ago only takes, you know, five years now or takes three years now. So, you know, we can lay fiber quickly. We can get towers built quickly. We can get data centers built quickly. So we can close the gap. I think the biggest challenge that we face is that the infrastructure, right? We have to grow the infrastructure. You talked about the power. We have to get, um, you know, every country has an ICT minister uh, that is pro-technology, uh, pro-growing the business, but he's only one minister. He's only one person trying to grow it. And you know that culturally Africa has 51 countries, hundreds of tribes, thousands of tribes. Um, and, you know, it, just from a macroeconomic level, 51 countries and 41 or 42 currencies, which I believe is, you know, it just means that we don't agree on much sometimes. <laughs> we can't even agree on how to pay. <laughs> so I think these are some of the intrinsic challenges that we face. But like I said, I think the momentum is there. And I think it's very challenging. I think it's very, uh, op the opportunity is real. And I think it's going to happen. The, the other thing... The other thing that India and, you know, Africa have in common is that you have this young population, but they're all getting educated. And there was a time when that wasn't the case. And but now everyone's seeking out an education. They're seeking out an education in, in, in STEM, right? Science, technology, engineering and mathematics. And those are the jobs that are going to be helping uh, create further uh, development of a middle class, uh, a strong middle class, a middle class that is now getting, you know, taking care of things like, you know, getting an auto car, uh, an automobile financed, you know, getting house financing. These are the things that, you know, the Western world is, uh, is already taking advantage of. You know, the middle class in Africa need to take advantage of that as well. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. And it's, it's true. You know, when you talk about the speed of this kind of growth, um, and in many cases, we have the ability to leapfrog uh, many technologies just uh, from where we are and the speed at which technology is moving around us. But, you know, this pandemic has been extraordinary for everyone in the world. And it's and it's brought uh, a rise of remote and hybrid working. And I, I was at a, a, a big organization yesterday, in fact, and, uh, you know, I said, I said to the CEO, I said, where is everybody? He says, no, this is, uh, this is the way we work now. You know, uh, people come in a couple of times during the week. Most of the workforce is operating in, in hybrid mode. And it's extraordinary that the world's getting back to some kind of normality. But the impact of this remote working and understanding that uh, 
you know, people can be a lot more productive working outside an organization has kind of shifted that change almost to like a permanent mode, We, you know, as opposed to what we had before COVID. What kind of impact have you seen on how organizations approach your services and in particular this, this hybrid way of working? Because I get the sense that we haven't gone back to the way we were doing things in 2019. Hybrid mode is the new thing. Now there's this uh, you know general concept of the fourth industrial revolution and and what's happening with dynamic uh, work environments and remote work. Um, it's here to stay. Don't don't think it. But to be candid, it's been here for a long time. Um, mm. It's just easier now, right? Um, if you actually look at you know many senior executives who are in the commercial side of of the business. You know, they spend lots of their times on a plane. They don't have to anymore. Um, you know, you you can, you know, we are, uh, I don't know, we're four and a half. Uh, what are we? We're about 7,000, 10,000 miles apart. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it feels like we're in the same room, right? So this is the beauty of it. And I tell you that I think that, yes, people will make the, uh, there are some people and some jobs that are going to continue to stay remote and there'll be an adjustment for that. Let me give you a, a, another thing that I'm seeing happen. You know, there's always for every culture, there's a counterculture. And part of what's happened with all of the great advancement with technology, there's been some negatives, um, isolation, um, lack of uh, camaraderie and bonds between coworkers, and that has caused uh, people, and if you can see many survey, surveys in the workforce where they're talking about, you know, we're not getting the mentoring, we need more camaraderie. You know, they want the feeling of being around the water cooler and in the cafeteria or the uh, lunchroom with, uh, but working from home. So you can't have both, Right. And what's, I think what's going to happen is that there is going to be a percentage of people that are going to want to come back into the office. And I believe that it's, it's also going to be those young people. Okay. I think if you look at uh, lots of the numbers in um, the West, North America, and in Western Europe, it's showing, you know, the, the, the people between 22 and 42 are wanting to be in the office. They wanna come into the cities. They wanna come into the towns. Uh, there was a study just in North America that showed, you know, the South is doing, uh, the South part of the US is doing much better than the major cities. So, and it was it, again, in that demographic. So I think when, when it all said and done, yes, there's been this huge, massive movement. Um, technology helps it, right? Like I said, but there is going to be a group of people that are actually yearning for that human connection, knowing that in, in a room you build trust and increase performance and camaraderie, the mentoring and all of the cultural aspects of being in an office are going to be there. And I think they're going to come back. I think the post pandemic, it's just uh, like everything. The pendulum has swung a little bit too far to one way, but I believe it's coming back and I think it'll come back uh, very quickly. And I think people who appreciate that they have have a, a workplace to go back to and have a culture where they, they can be part of 
are going to start taking advantage of that. Yeah. No, look, that uh, the, the company culture part that you talked about, I think that's the most critical thing because it's kind of the glue of an organization. And, and people are going to find a way of, of bringing that back because at the end of the day, that's what companies are built on. And it's, the, it's all about yeah. the people. Tesh, you've had a fascinating history. Um, you, you mentioned you've built data centers on four different continents. So you know this business backwards and you've seen some very interesting trends. And it's extraordinary how data centers and the technology around data centers has changed over the last few decades. You know, we, we, compared to the data centers you were building a decade ago versus what right. you're building now, it's just totally different. What are the sure. biggest trends that you're seeing at the moment in the data center industry? Sure. So um, two things. I would say that our ability to get construction done quickly. So there was a time when it took us a long, uh, uh, normalized for uh, the pandemic supply chain issues. Uh, if you normalize for that, it, it used to take over a year to two years to build a data center uh, 15 years ago. Uh, now, most companies can get the the shell up in, in three to five months and get um, a multiple megawatt data center completed in under a year. And, uh, and that, even in Africa, if, if, if the supply chain is there, it can happen. So construction methods uh, have improved greatly. And, and that's fantastic because it brings down costs and it lowers your time to market. And this uh, is, a, is a huge huge uh, breakthrough. The second thing is how the industry has taken on all of the environmental issues that it, it can. And it's done it not because there's some big rule of ESG or some big governance or sustainability. It's because it was the right thing to do. Um, every single one of our customers um, all the big uh, internet firms, the Microsofts, the Amazons, as well as all the African 500, the large banks, the large healthcare, the large governments, and you know wherever you go, they all have aspirational goals of carbon neutrality, uh, uh, lower emissions, um, and so we have done the same thing. In 25 years ago. Uh, a data center would use one kilowatt of power for the computing side and use two kilowatts or, uh, to cool it. You know, now that's coming down to just under one and, and it's, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, just under one and it, soon it's going to be, uh, you know, even, right? We're going to be able to cool with all sorts of different mechanisms. Uh, so being, bringing down the cooling, uh, lowering the emissions, these have all helped. Our, our costs. And so it costs us a lot less now to, you know, build a megawatt of uh, data center capacity than it did, you know, 25 years ago. So I think those are the two things, you know, using all the great construction methods and all the materials and using all of our vendors to help reduce the time it takes to build. And then also um, all of the environmental uh, savings, uh, not for just, uh, uh, savings in dollars, but savings in, in carbons and emissions and, and all of the things that you're supposed to save in. You know, we want to leave Fantastic. a planet for our, want to leave a planet for our children, right? 
No, absolutely. No, you, you're 100% right. But it's extraordinary that you can build them so quickly now, uh, a lot more yeah. energy efficient. And, and it's, at the end of the day, it's about the cooling. And, uh, and and even the cooling, you know, not only from a data center point of view, but just how we cool our homes. You know, all these things have changed. I look at a typical air conditioner that you could buy, uh, you know, a decade ago versus today and how much more energy efficient they are, which it's extraordinary yep. how we finding we finding solutions to these kind of challenges to you know reduce our carbon footprints and and the energy that we consume you've got a very exciting uh, job and uh, a very exciting continent that you look after tesh can you tell us uh, about africa data centers and the exciting plans that you have for the future that you can share i know that you're on a an aggressive expansion plan you touched on sure. about Kenya and you've just broken ground there again. You, you touched on a couple yeah. of other countries that you're looking at. What does sure. it look like for you guys over the next few months or perhaps years? Sure. Um, listen, we, we right now we can go from uh, Lagos to Nairobi, and that's good. So, uh, you know, east to west, west to east. Um, we, we've talked about Cape Town to Casablanca. So my guess is that you'll hear something from us in the North Africa region, in the Francophile area of Africa as well. Um, North Africa is a, a beautiful part of the continent. Um, it is home to many of the African 500 companies. Um, and so we're, we'll definitely be uh, making some announcements over there. I think the next thing that you'll see in, in the, just in the business is one of the original vectors for for growth in you know data centers, you could map it almost identical to GDP, right? Where did where does a this first in North America, then in Western Europe, and it's kind of gone like that. You know, over the next uh, next few years, I think it's going to be more around population. Uh, mm. You know, some mm. of the things that are going on now in the continent are uh, more around how the government can assist average American uh, Africans, excuse me, in, uh, in its, in its, uh, in its life journey, you know, can you get your driver's license on time? Can you get your property taxes and, and your pension paid? You know, how are you getting your, uh, your benefits and, and the governments are really working hard. So I think the biggest population governments are going to work very hard with the technology companies both the, the integrators and the actual technology, whether it be Oracle databases, Google databases, Google Compute, Microsoft Compute, AWS, I'm not sure who's going to take the lead in that. And they're all very good. So that's, that's going to be great. But I think population is going to be a great vector. And if you dig down on that statistic one more level, Africa's got over 50 cities with over a million people in it, all yeah. craving services. Right, digital services, and that I think is going to be a huge boon for the continent, and I think that will be the area that ADC will be able to ride behind. Uh, we, I think, we can grow under the shade of that population tree, and the fact that governments and large healthcare providers, large financial services providers, are all going to start take trying to take advantage of how to deliver services to those. Uh, to those populous cities. 
That is uh, very, very exciting. And uh, it's been wonderful chatting to you, Tesh, um, and sharing your optimism and uh, your enthusiasm for the continent. And uh, it's certainly a very exciting road ahead. Massive investments coming, which is great. And and uh, it's going to unlock a lot of economic value. So it's a very yep. exciting time to be on the continent. Tesh Durvasula, who is the CEO yes. of uh, Africa Data Centers. Tesh, thank you for joining us on What's Next and sharing your insights. Appreciate your time, sir. Thanks, Aki. Good to see you. Thank Cheers. You. Good to see you.